0: What is going on, Suns fans? Justin here and with me as always is my podcasting partner, Paul. Stop calling me Warren. My name isn't fucking Warren. Empire Records. I love that, Paul. Paul, that was, that was you know, I'm going to stop right now and just say that is awesome. Well done. Well done. Well done. Okay. You're welcome. Sorry, I had to go on a little, little tangent. That only took me three seconds to get into a tangent. That's great. Uh, and welcome to this episode Of Fanning the Flames, your one and only Phoenix Suns podcast that is made for the fans. That is you guys by the fans. That is us. Uh, As always, intro and outro music from Oceans Over Airplanes. Check them out on all sorts of different interfaces. Fantastic band. They did South by Southwest this, uh, this year. So that's pretty solid. Good for them. That's awesome. Yeah, good for them. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So anyway, Paul, what's up, man? Not too much. I am in a snowy um Frisco, Colorado. You say
0: Frisco Col- Colorado? Frisco, Colorado. It's a place?
1: It's a place. It's in the mountains. It's cold.
0: It's just Frisco? The
1: opposite of Phoenix. Yeah, it's just Frisco. Huh. Not San Francisco, just Frisco. So mm. like San Francisco people hate this place because it's what everybody calls so their it's, city it's, that they hate.
0: <laughs> it's snowing there. <laughs> And it was like 80 here in Phoenix today. So
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm missing Phoenix.
0: Good for you. Good for you. Anyway, speaking of Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> so we didn't put out an episode last week, did we? I don't know. I lose track no, of time. No, I was traveling Once again. Paul becomes a CPA, suddenly his schedule is more important than this podcast. I don't know how I feel about that, but you know what? It is what it is, right?
1: Hey, I'm not the one who's self-employed.
0: Well, maybe you should do something about that then we could put these out like
1: constantly because I mean I've got the time. Hey, and then that that could be what our career is. Get a Patreon account out there.
0: Well, I don't know if I would I I don't I don't know if I would suggest that. <laughs> it might uh, not pay pay all of the bills, <laughs> but at any rate. So it's been a bit since we uh we missed last week so we're what week and a half behind two weeks behind whatever the case might be yeah. regardless the sons uh, have not won a game since it
1: that could be a week it could be two weeks it really
0: round. doesn't it doesn't matter they haven't won a game which is fine it's fine right paul you know it's why fine. you know why deandre Ayton. <laughs> deandre ayton Two minutes and 53 seconds. Two minutes and 53 seconds for all of you out there on the over under. It was, I don't know, I'm assuming under because it's always really fast. Um, but that being said, even though the Suns haven't won any games as of late, we still have some st- stuff to talk about. We've got, like Paul just mentioned, we've got the tankathon. Um, we've got the potential of the Suns looking at three first round draft picks this year. Three first round draft picks. And Maybe we'll explore a little bit of what they could potentially do with those two middle first-round draft picks. And then we've got other things like that fabulous rubio dudley chris Fracas. kerfuffle kerfuffle that happened uh, last week, which I guess we don't really need to speak about all that much because it was just kind of, I don't know, nonsensical. The only thing I took away from that was Joe Ingles sprinting across the court- looking for somebody to hopefully hold him back. And then when nobody held him back, he kind of like sat there and pretended like he was doing something, but really not doing anything. That was all confusing.
1: Yeah, the only thing I took away from it was if Dudley's lashing out like that, you know he's over this season.
0: Right. And, you know, that's a good point too, because uh, I don't know if you listened to uh, uh, Solar Panel yet uh, from this week, but uh, Dave, Dave King... Everybody's favorite editor in chief Speaking of somebody
1: lashing out. Have you seen his Twitter account recently? No. What what did he do? <laughs> he, he's getting salty with some of the fans who are getting mad at his analysis.
0: <laughs> go I, I want to hear like more details. You can't just say that and not
1: Let me let me find it. We well, you don't
0: have to look it up as we're recording.
1: <laughs> okay, we'll
0: leave it I at was, that. I just, I if you happen just to come across it, yeah. any while we're while we're going through this, but anyway, I'll go back and I'll I'll I'll, I'll speak to my point. Dave had mentioned the fact that Jared Dudley has always been very responsive, very involved. Uh, He donated to Brightside Brightside Night last year, all this, and Dave's reached out, tried to contact Jared about different things, in particular about this whole thing with Ricky Rubio, received no response, so I think perhaps – As you were getting at, Dudley's kind of fed up with the season, getting a little, you know, on edge. End of his, uh, end of his uh, rope with how the season's going, and that seems to be certainly supported by how everything has been going, or the lack of communication has been with, uh, with, with Dave. Yeah. That's it, yeah. I can agree with just, that. Just, yeah. I can agree
1: with that. It's, I mean, it's a tr- it's a taxing season, and especially, like, when the plan going into the season was, hey, we're not going to go for the top pick. We're not going to actively tank. We're going to try to get, see improvement. And then this is the year we actually have the odds for the best pick. And it's it's got got to be kind of disheartening a little bit to kind of well, having, I mean, have gone into that situation. Did,
0: did we ever, I mean... When you say see improvement,
1: yeah, sure, I we're mean, not seeing was...
0: improvement with the record, but are we seeing improvement as a whole, as what we're seeing for the future of this, this franchise? Because, I mean, based on where we were last year, I think we're in a better position right now than we were at this time last year, notwithstanding the fact that as things stand, there's a good chance we're going to win less games than the Suns than, than, than the team won last year.
1: I mean, I can, I can see that from a standpoint of Booker definitely took another step, which is, which is really nice to see. He's kind of rounded out his offensive game a little bit more. He's trying on defense. Um, And obviously I I think he gets lambasted a little bit on the defensive side, just strictly because the team as a whole is so bad. It just drags down anything that he even provides positively. And then But on on the other side of that, we also have um, Josh Jackson has met expectations, I think, and is definitely showing that, at least least in the second half of the season so far, and is definitely showing that he can grow into more. So from the standpoint of coming out of the season being like, okay, we actually have – we're not just a one-man team anymore. Mm -hmm. We have two guys we can hang our hats on and – build around and then when you throw in a top at worst top four pick probably um fingers fingers crossed that's not where we're ending up but and we and that player also turns out we do we'll have those three guys that you can kind of build around and then at this point I can kind of take or leave anybody else on the roster
0: right and and and, from my perspective, I also look at it from from the viewpoint that they spent an entire off season having a coach who based on what we're seeing, did zero with the team did negative, pa- particularly the fact that Marquise Chris was at summer league out of shape came into the year out of shape, and was so out of shape, he is still out of shape 72 games into the year. Um, and then they had Jay Triano come in, and he's done a, He's done what he can do, right? I don't think anybody's right. going to sit here and go, Jay Tirano, Triano is the next Greg Pat, Pat Riley, Greg Popovich, Red Archibald, whoever. Um, Archibald, Red
1: Armback. Archibald, what did I say?
0: Arch, sorry. Um <laughs> That's what happens when I just try to randomly pull uh you know s- coaches from the 70s out of my 60s, 60s 70s anyway. <laughs> thank you for the correction, Paul. Uh You're and, and 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 again, he's he's obviously connected with some of the players. He's connected with J- uh, uh Josh Jackson getting him to perform as we would expect him to perform. Uh so you, you think about how just how behind the 8 ball this team was even going into the year again Positivity. We're. I'm. I'm the optimist. This is. This is the podcast of optimism, as I like to call it. Starting right now. I just made that up. (laughs) Podcast of optimism. But at the same time, if things don't start to like actually turn into wins and progression in the next year, then we'll quickly turn into the podcast of pessimism.
1: So So it'll be my podcast. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And and you'll you'll start leading everything. (laughs) I'll I'll just sit here and
0: be like, yeah, Paul, you're right. This sucks. Life is horrible. God damn being a Suns fan. So that all being said, let's use some of the pessimistic outlook and the losing to turn into an optimistic outlook and potential winning and talk about the tank race. The tank race. Because again- Suns haven't won a game outside of this Rubio Dudley Chris weird thing. There's really not a lot to talk about, so we'll we'll go with we'll go with the bread and butter. We'll talk about the tank race. We'll talk about this upcoming draft. And as of right now, uh, and we're recording as the Suns. Well, at this point, let me see. They probably yep. They lost. Uh, they lost to the Pistons. <laughs> so before the game, they were half a game up in Memphis. They are now two uh, full game up in Memphis. Two games up in Atlanta, two and a half up on Orlando, and they have now ten games remaining. Uh, you look at that schedule the Suns two of have. Two which
1: against the Warriors.
0: Right, right, right. And I was going to use the opposite and say, what t- what games could they actually win? Because there are far less of those than <laughs> than the games that they'll then all likely lose. But they've got a game against Orlando, they have a game against Sacramento, and they have a game against Dallas left. Uh, those are all teams that are in the tank race for all intents and purposes with the Suns. If we look back at the schedule at the season so far this year, they lost by 16 to Orlando in their only meeting so far this year. They're 2-1 against Sacramento, and they're 2-0 and against Dallas. So all of that being said... Let's, let's take the – depending on your viewpoint, the best-case scenario or the worst-case scenario, and they win those three games. We're still looking at a – when we talk about the reverse standings, the, the, the tank race 22. and the – yeah, exactly. And the, uh, uh, the likelihood of getting the number one draft pick, the draft lottery odds, still probably going to end up in that top three area. Uh, Their strength of schedule is still the hardest amongst the teams that are really left in the tank race outside of Memphis, who is still – the Suns' strength schedule is a little harder, but Memphis is is fairly fairly close in that regard. Uh, So ultimately, what we're looking at is the Suns, hopefully, as long as the NBA doesn't screw them over yet again, David Stern, getting a top two, top three pick. Right, Paul? Yes. Okay. And let's take yeah. into account also the fact that we've got Booker hurt. We've got Warren didn't play tonight. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, those guys, if they're a little, a little bit hurt, you know, there's a difference between being hurt and don't being injured, it. right? Right. If you're don't hurt, you can it. play. But even if they're hurt, I say don't let them play. Let's make sure they're 100%, maybe 120% before they get back into that lineup. And if it means they lose a couple more games, then so be it. Don't risk it just like you said. So, yeah. uh, you know. I,
1: didn't we have, did we play a game last week? Correct me if I'm wrong. Where Booker, Jackson, and Warren were all out.
0: Yes. I say yes based on nothing, but I, I know there was a <laughs> game. I, I, sure I there was did. definitely a game where Booker and Jackson were out. I honestly don't recall if Warren
1: was out. I think Warren was out too. I believe you. Yeah, it was definitely that was a, that was a shit show right there. So
0: okay, so we 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 can sit here and say presumably the suns are going to end up with a top three top four pick and we've already spoken to a certain extent okay maybe ad nauseum about who the suns should take with those picks i mean my 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 feelings on ayton have been more than expressed uh, I, I, You haven't I, been shy. I have not been shy. I'm not exactly, uh, you know, opposed to Doncic, as I know you're high on, although I feel, uh, as you said before, I've changed your opinion a bit. And Jaron Jackson, I think, is a fine player for them to take. After that, I get a little iffy. I'm not a huge fan of Mobamba. Maybe he'll prove me wrong, but he just kind of screams, if the Suns take him, he's
1: going to somehow end up sucking. Uh, but I wouldn't mind Marvin Bagley.
0: Yes, I really yeah, think
1: I, I'm with you there as well. I'm just just like looking at his stats. He definitely can score, and he can definitely. I mean, I'm just looking at the raw stats, score and rebound, and that's something we definitely need up front. Um, whether it's he plays the four, whether he plays the five, who knows? But he can come in and he can provide. Similar to my argument for for Aiton. In that he can provide balance around Jackson and Booker from a standpoint of having some front court a front court offensive presence, I think Bagley can do that better than any of the other bigs that are in that top part of the draft outside of maybe Ayton. So he's kind of my number three. Like he's who I would shoot for if we don't end up getting a top one or two pick going with Aiton or Donchick, and I could argue, be argued that he could jump one or the other of those guys depending on how workouts go and how the rest of the tournament goes and
0: Sure, and I think he would bring a lot of versatility. And ultimately, yeah. as much as I'm an Aiton guy, and lest anybody think otherwise, his performance in the NCAA tournament has not changed my opinion one bit because, you know what, in, in the NBA, teams aren't going to – Double team a guy Even when he doesn't have the ball Nor are they going to triple team him When he does have the ball So Get that out of the way Just very quickly
1: I think Aiton in the tournament Kind of ran into a situation Similar to uh, What Trey Young had to deal with Where Nobody else was doing anything Mm -hmm. So Offensively So the defenses Could just Key on him so much That he wasn't able to uh, Be productive
0: Sure and, uh, you know, all, all that being said, I, 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 I can sit here and, and confidently say that, again, as much as I'm high on Aiton, if the Suns walk out of this draft with Aiton, Donchick, Bagley, or Jaron Jackson, I'm, I'm not going to be upset. You know, if they have one of those four guys, then it's fine. So, Paul, that raises the question— We're looking now at the potential of the Suns having two middle first-round draft picks. The Miami pick is protected uh, top seven. So eight and below, Suns get it. Milwaukee pick goes to the Suns if it falls between number 11 and number 16. As of right now, Milwaukee and Miami are slotted at 15 and 16, respectively. Yes. All right? So let's assume that they get... Call it 15 and 16 or call it, you know, anywhere in that range. You know, call it somewhere between 10 and 16. Two picks. Who are you yeah. looking at there? What are your thoughts there? Or or what do they do with the picks? Maybe not necessarily who are you looking at, but what do they do with those picks? What do you want them to do with those picks?
1: Well, because I, I know um, McDonough has said that we don't need three rookies coming in. So I'm uh, assuming that one of two things is probably going to happen. We're either going to, well, change that. One of three things is going to happen. We're either going to trade one or both of those picks as part of some package to get some player. We're going to trade those picks together to move up in the draft, similar to what we did in the Marquise Chris situation, or we may use one of them as a draft and stash. It's kind of high for a draft and stash in my opinion. I agree. But, I mean, we don't need three rookies. So you can take a shot – we can take a shot on like a guy like maybe like a Dario Saric who – he wasn't really a draft and stash per se, but he was a draft and he chose not to come over immediately. So if there's a guy like that, and I don't really know the international guys who are out there, and if there's anybody who kind of fits in that range of the draft and whatnot, that could potentially be in that type of situation. But those are my three options of really what's going to happen because I really can't see us actually drafting two players that we keep. Granted, if we look at Tankathon – Dot com right now it has us taking somehow colin sexton is falling to the suns at 15 which i would not hate at all i
0: i would um, i would in fact love that just for the record
1: <laughs> and has us taking jonte porter at 16 because you know the suns always need to take the lesser brother
0: i feel like tankathon is just kind of trolling the suns with that
1: one right i mean come on <laughs> I don't know. Watch, watch. This is the first time that like the lesser brothers actually becomes the better brother. (laughs) I I
0: would not complain about that. So, okay. So let's, let's step back then. Yeah. You, you just laid out three things that you think could happen. Which one do you want to happen? And how do you think that plays out? (sighs) Breathe heavier. Um. (laughs) There you go. Okay. I
1: don't know. I, part of it's you always love the potential of young guys. So the idea of trying to take those two picks and trading up to get, you know, whether it's a Colin Sexton if he actually is not available at 15 or um, a shy Gilgis Alexander out of Kentucky because, again, we also love Kentucky guards mm-hmm. as in the Suns. Getting one of those guys to kind of – I'm still operating – under the situation that of the two three of the four guys we're, we're hoping that the suns get are bigs. I'm under I'm operating under the assumption that one of the our pick, our top pick is gonna be a big. so and from the standpoint of looking at the guys who are projected to be in that range that even we could trade up to, it's there's not a lot of bigs there and the ones that are there don't really do a lot for me. So I'm looking at it that if we trade up, it's to be getting some type of guard and, you know, whether it's a point – and which would probably be a point guard just from the standpoint of that's where we have our whole – the the other hole in our roster.
0: Right. Now, let me ask you this question then. Let's say that – let's look at – who's up there? Okay, let's say 11. You got the 76ers slotted at 11 right now, right? They, right. they presumably have their backcourt kind of set. You know, they've got Simmons that's been running the point this year. They've got Markel Fultz who's, who's sitting there presumably, hopefully, maybe, perhaps, learning how to shoot the basketball again. There have been some issues there. But let's assume that a team at like 10 or 11 uh, or even 9 with uh, the Knicks slotted at 9 uh, who have um, Nicolina. They're set at point guard, and there's an opportunity to trade up for that with them with one of those teams, and you're going to be able to land a Sexton or a um, uh, Gil Gilgis Alexander. Would you be willing to package both of those middle first round draft picks together with the Miami 2021 draft pick to move up to get your guy?
1: I'm not touching that Miami 21 draft pick. That thing is unprotected, and we're looking at a team that is a middling team right now. That without, I mean, unless they pull off a miraculous Houston Rockets type situation, I can't see them getting better. In fact, I'd possibly see them maybe getting worse mm-hmm. because you know you're looking at a team who their roster is Dion Waiters. Goran Dragic, who's on the, who I still love him as a player. You got Whiteside. Got, you got Whiteside, but I mean, do I want to go there and call him a looter and a riot?
0: <laughs> um, we don't. We don't need to discuss people referring to, to people that. as looters and riots. <laughs> so no, your answer is no.
1: no. Okay, but I mean, you're looking at a roster that in my opinion, is playing above their talent level. And I can't see that sustaining, let alone for another three years. I really expect them to fall back. And so I want to, that's a valuable asset to me right now. I'm not going to package that with two other assets right now to move up to get a lower top 10 pick in this year's draft. I would package it in a move for a legitimate star. That's a different story.
0: Well, who who else would you package in a move for a legitimate star then? Because I feel like that pick alone, even if you combine both these draft picks too in this draft, would not yeah. get you a legitimate star?
1: No, I don't think that pick alone would get you a legitimate star. But I mean, if you're putting together a package for whether, it, let's say it's like a... I don't know, a sign and trade for Aaron Gordon mm-hmm. or, you know, something like that. Or somebody who's actually even more established than that. I, I can't off the top of my head right now think of who that would be. But, you know, there's obviously other pieces, particularly with regards to getting the money to work, that would have to be thrown into that. I mean, be, beyond Booker Jackson and that number one pick or that top pick we have, in my opinion, everything else on this roster is available. Well, let's just, let's,
0: Paul, let's just call it the number one pick. I like that. That's I like that positivity.
1: <laughs> okay, the number one pick. I mean – and I'd be hesitant with Warren, but I think Warren is actually the, the kind of piece that can – you can actually build a trade around. Mm-hmm, absolutely. To move – you know, he's on a he's on a reasonable contract. He's He has a role. He's Everybody knows what he can produce and in the right situation can probably produce more. So something like a Warren Chris, that pick and salary filler mm-hmm. could do something. Now might should be able to do something.
0: Now let me keep throwing like super random hypotheticals at you because that seems like okay. the way this particular episode is going. Yeah. What if you were to? What if there was an offer where you could package the higher of those two draft picks? So the the Milwaukee or the Miami pick. Again, assuming that they're conveyed to the suns this year one of them the higher of the Uh two with that miami pick to move up and get the based on what we're saying so far presumably the point guard that you want to get whether it be again a a colin sexton or a gilgis alexander or even if you get up high enough to take a trey young yeah would you be willing to do that so it's not the two picks this year plus that 2021 pick it's It's just one.
1: one yeah I'd have to see who's available in the moment.
0: Okay, honest. Okay, hold on. Let me let me let me interject and say it's it's Trey Young.
1: Trey Young. I I mean I know I know it's it's a recency bias on Trey Young right now, but I've been really concerned about the second half of his season. Granted, he is on a team where literally nobody else can score a bucket, so teams have just been. Doubling and tripling teaming him the whole time, and he's still averaging twenty-seven points, but and and almost nine assists. But I just there's concerns there with him. Uh, like, can that game translate to the NBA? I mean, I know, yeah, if he becomes the next Steph Curry, sure. You know,
0: <laughs> what <laughs> if not? I guaranteed but you that he would be in the, no, never mind. <laughs> the next
1: grade, then like pretty sure he's going to be going at the top three. Well, I, let but me, let me, so then do you, do you see
0: any other point guard prospect in this draft high, uh, you know, rated higher than Trey Young?
1: There isn't one. No.
0: So, so I, I feel like then your answer is If we no. could
1: get to Trey Young, yeah, I'd do it. Okay. I would do and, it. And, and what I'm kind of
0: getting at is, you know, Danny Ainge got a lot of flack for kind of holding on to his his assets and not making moves when he should have. And and eventually he made a move that was, for all intents and purposes, as we can see right now the right move in getting Kyrie Kyrie Irving because, well, he traded Isaiah Thomas and Isaiah Thomas isn't even with the Cavs anymore. Um, it's not playing too bad for the Lakers. Uh, so. Right, but he's still not with the Cavs.
1: Uh no, that's true. <laughs> that's the, I feel like that's the Cavs' fault. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> you know, I I feel like we're getting – I, I get where you're coming from with that 2021 pick. But at the same time, this team can't sit around and hope that that 2021 pick is going to – Oh, I don't to,
1: want them to sit around.
0: Right. But I'm saying that now, this year, this offseason, when whether it be trading up through the draft or whether it be – a sign and trade to get an Aaron Gordon or whoever, this is when Ryan McDonough really needs to just pull the trigger finally. I feel like he needs to make the move where he's going to go all in and say, okay, I've gotten to where I want to be with this team now, and I'm going to add the piece or pieces that are going to take this team across that line and make the timeline come to fruition. Uh, Which is why I I, I feel like that 2021 pick as – high as it might ultimately end up being needs to be absolutely on the table regardless of of the move and and again even if it's trading up to get one of these point guards cuz I'm with you I'm going I'm working off the assumption we're taking we, we being the Suns we yeah. by the fans for the fans right we we're, we're the yep. Suns um
1: we are the Suns we're taking, the Suns don't
0: exist without us we're taking a big with that first pick with that number 1 pick and there are point guards here that very well could potentially be maybe, maybe get to the level of superstar and the very least can be solid, starters, solid, solid starters, if not, you know, at least an all-star level. And if you believe enough in one of those guys, he has a pull the trigger, even if it, even if it means that in the current perception, he's overpaying for that because that. 2021 pick is presumably going to be a
1: high draft pick.
0: Then again, everybody right. loves the party in Miami. So who knows they could win another title yeah. in the next two years.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I just look at it. I have no problem putting it on the table, but if you were to rank the assets of value to me that of like on the list of, I will give this stuff up first before I'll give up other things that that Miami pick, is further down the list than a lot of other assets that the Suns have. I'd, I'd be willing to give it up. It's just my my hope is that it can somehow turn into what the Celtics got this past year, where they're like, "Oh, we turned ourselves into a good team. Oh, and we get to t- add a top, you know, a top pick just cause, just for fun because we were we had smart asset management. Sure, that's that's my thought process in it from a standpoint of. If I was going to value the various assets that I'm willing to move around and give up, yes, it's on the table. No, it's not the first thing on the table.
0: Right, and and, and you know, bring up a good point there because maybe part of giving up something like that 2021 Miami pick includes getting a first-round pick back from whoever you're trading it to under the assumption that they're thinking – they'll be an improved team and maybe there'll be less value in their pick. I mean, there, there are a lot of right. moving parts. I'm just – again, my point is primarily I'm a McDonough guy. I mean, <laughs> to a fault, I think. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, if if there's any question about how much faith, perhaps blind faith I put in Suns management, I'm still a Sarver guy and I think I might be the only one left in Phoenix. Yeah. And And – Even all of that being said, I'm at the point where I'm thinking McDonough's got to go all in because ultimately, look at it from his perspective, he needs to put together a winner. And Mm -hmm. if this team's not winning by 2021, he's not here.
1: Oh, no, 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 He's not here if this team's not winning. If this team's not in the high 30s next year, I don't think he's here next summer.
0: I think that's, I think that's fair. I think that's absolutely fair.
1: So, I mean, and that, uh, there's button. a lot of chess pieces that go into that, but you know, from coach to who we draft to whatever free agents we pick up. But yeah, this is this is his summer to make moves.
0: Yeah, he's he's and, he's got to use the assets he has at this point because mm-hmm. if, if anything, it's it's his job on the line. It's his vision of this team on the line and he's gotten a lot of a lot of rope a lot of rope and there have been we talked about right. it before there have been setbacks you know the the, the len the lend draft was a shit draft the uh, almost to making honest, the, the ben, playoffs the
1: chris draft wasn't great drafted. right
0: the almost getting the play making the playoffs a few years back set him back set set the rebuilding back but He's now at the point where this is kind of make or break. So I think this offseason is absolutely gigantic for Ryan McDonough and for the Suns. And you know, for better or worse, I think that I think that pick, that twenty twenty one pick, is going to get moved this offseason somehow. I can. And see we're that. either going to end up being a successful and winning team based off of it, or we're going to be fucked for the next eight years again.
1: <laughs> that that's that's really the bigger problem because you you look at the track record of GMs in McDonough's position is not great because they just start throwing shit against the wall hoping something sticks and then because and crippling future assets mm-hmm. because. They're like, I'm trying to save my own job here. I'm going to use everything I have under the sun. And then if it doesn't work, they're like, I don't care. I'm gone. It's not my mess to clean up. Mm -hmm. And then as fans, we get to deal with it. I mean, a good example, I mean, he's not gone yet, but look at the Blake Griffin trade up in Detroit who we played tonight. That didn't really go over that well. That hasn't really helped them the way they hoped. But, I mean, Van Gundy's kind of – in a desperation mode. He knows he, you know, his, t- his team hasn't won since he came in. He was brought in to be the coach and the GM and it hasn't really worked out and he's throwing shit against the wall hoping it's stuck and it didn't really stick and there's a good shot he's not going to be there this summer.
0: Sure, sure. And, and you know, let's just a backtrack to kind of where this originally started and that being if the Suns keep one or both of these mid first round draft picks and i'm with you i don't think that they're going to keep both i think they're going to have to do something hopefully package something one way or the other but if they end up with at least one of those middle first round draft picks you know i think there are a number of names out there outside of you know folks that we've already discussed like Mm-hmm. Gilgis Alexander, because he could very well fall down to that area. Uh, Colin Sexton's obviously projected by at least one uh, website to fall to that area. But guys like Mitchell Robinson, to me, and Anthony Simmons, two guys who are not playing college ball right now, Mitchell Robinson went through a very weird type of recruiting slash signing slash not playing Scenario, but is a top ten recruit. Went committed to Western Kentucky, left, came back, and then decided he's going to prepare for the NBA draft. Anthony Simmons, who's uh, not playing college because he wasn't eligible, but he already graduated. He graduated early from high school and is doing some post grad stuff in, in at the high school level, and could very well be eligible for the draft. If you have that extra pick there, I don't see, you know, obviously there's salary cap ramifications that come with it, but I wouldn't be against taking a flyer, one of those guys. And one guy who I think doesn't get enough cred, if you will, enough pub, uh-huh. if you will, is Shake Milton uh, out of SMU. And he's a junior. So right off the bat, you have a more experienced player that you're not going to have a learning curve like you do with a Chris, with a Bender, even with a Josh Jackson. But right. the guy's stats stats alone certainly indicate he can play in the league. And he's, I've seen in mock drafts anywhere from early 20s to the second round, but I'm not necessarily, and he's has some injury concerns, but I'm not necessarily convinced that he's really that, Low of a talent in terms of draft worthiness, right uh, but you're looking at a guy that averages eighteen points a game uh averages four and a half assists a game and and again, although at s m u so a smaller school, if you will, mm-hmm. has shown up in games against you know big 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 named teams quote unquote big name teams i mean he played TCU earlier this year who obviously uh, w- was ranked at various times of the year and made the tournament put up 22-9 and 5 against them Wichita state earlier this year put up 33-5 and 3 cincinnati 14-3 three and 3 i mean he, he he has the ability to 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 play the game and he's also 6-6 six, six. i mean a 6-6 six, six guy who's a he was a you know a combo guard can handle the ball, that could be somebody that would be interesting to put alongside, alongside uh, a Devin Booker. Right. Uh, but ultimately, again, I, I feel like if we end up with those two picks in the middle of the first round, it makes sense to try to do something to package them, do something to either move up and get somebody that you really want to target or ultimately use one or more of them uh, and maybe in combination with the Miami 2021 pick – to try to get somebody who's going to be a difference maker on this team, and I'm, I'm, I really like the idea of of Aaron Gordon uh,
1: outside of him we can, being. We 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 can't get him till free agency.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, but but you can still sign and trade. I got you, but you couldn't sign yeah, and trade you, with him with these draft picks. I got you, right? That's exactly. Yeah,
1: I mean, unless you have a wink, wink, nudge, mm-hmm. nudge. You draft somebody we've, we've, that they want, and then right. But and then, then how does it agreed with Eric Gordon? <laughs> how does the
0: trade work with a newly drafted player?
1: I uh, think uh, Kevin Love, uh, Andrew Wiggins,
0: all good. Then, fair enough. Yep. You're you're the you're the uh, cba guy in this little yeah podcast world of ours <laughs> yeah
1: i mean to be honest knowing everything that i've heard up till now with talks about like we're not planning on bringing in three rookies etc 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 i have not paid enough attention to this middle pack of mm-hmm. players that are available because i'm like we're probably not in actuality drafting there whether it's we trade both the picks with to move up, whether it's we trade both the picks for a player, whether it's we trade one of the picks, I and that because even on top of that, until a couple weeks ago, we kind of assumed we were only going to have one of the two. Right. You know the fact that we ended up getting all three tells you a lot about Bledsoe, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> who still has me blocked on Twitter. Just for the record. <laughs>
1: All right. But, oh, uh, but
0: yeah. All right, Paul, so. We've we've beat middle draft picks, middle first round draft picks to it. We beat them yeah. this submission here tonight, right? Uh, especially considering the fact that the closing comment from Paul is I don't think we'll get either one of them or use either one of them. So so let's move on. Is there anything else that you want to chat about in the Suns universe? I mean, Booker has been dealing with some injuries. I don't know if you want to get into that at all. Um, you know, maybe maybe if they're gonna get new uniforms again, change it up next year. I don't know, Paul. What what are you thinking I, here, buddy?
1: <laughs> I I I don't know. I think that's part of the reason we didn't like really try make a lot of effort last week to record because there really has been much else going on. Didn't really want to talk too much about the losing. We want to talk about Booker's injuries.
0: In my defense, I, I mean, made I made ample efforts to record. Uh, this was by no fault of did. my own.
1: This is no, this is a hundred percent my fault. I had a lot going on last week. Last week was a very, very busy week for
0: me. Such a busy and important guy, you are. I wish I was important. I'm just busy. I feel like you're important. All right, fair enough. Uh, All right, so nothing else? That's it? I think I'm good. How long we go? We're like 35 minutes or so right now, give or take. Are you? Is that? Does that, with that? Does that? Yeah. Does that? <laughs> does that affect what you're thinking? You're like, oh, let me come up with some other bullshit to talk about for the next like 12 minutes.
1: I don't. Know, to be honest, it felt longer. But
0: <laughs> I feel like that's an insult towards me.
1: <laughs> no, it's not an insult towards you. No, it's actually. A, I just thought we talked a lot and we talked a lot of good stuff and I thought it went longer than 35 minutes.
0: Fair enough. So to recap, in the end. The Suns should just draft DeAndre Ayton and get rid of those draft picks. <laughs> or draft – I, you know, I, I – I, again, I, all kidding aside, I am fairly high on Shake Milton. Like I like the – I like the idea. Like that's one of those where – you look at point guards that the Suns have kind of taken flyers on either in mid or late first round, and they haven't really panned out a whole lot except Tyler for that Steve, Na- Steve Nash guy that seemed yeah. to be okay. Um, but, yeah, Ennis, um, Kendall Marshall. <laughs> yeah.
1: Man, we were so high on him. <laughs> oh, you know, I feel like
0: every year around the draft – I send you a, a a text message where I screenshot the the like the Facebook on this day and I go, God damn, remember when I was like, yes, Kendall Marshall. Uh, Earl Clark. God, Earl Clark. Well, in my defense, I'd never said anything that high on Earl Clark, but Kendall Marshall was the one that I, I feel like that text message will continue for the next, you know, thirty years of in our perpetuity. lives. Yeah, where I'm I'm like, remember when I thought this was a great idea? Um, so did I But he was also You know Less you know Freshman He didn't have the size uh, He He uh, You know yes, I'll, I'll I say I'm like higher I'll, guy, I'll say I'm higher On uh, a Shake Milton Than I would have been On a Kendall Marshall Back in
1: the day I'm not gonna lie I think Kendall Marshall Was actually starting To put something together Before he like Blew out his knee He mm-hmm. was doing Doing He was doing okay bat, Playing for that One of those Lakers teams That sucked And was actually Starting to show some signs of some other skills but then he blew out his knee and then he's been screwed ever since Remember
0: when Archie, we'll see him
1: in the big three soon
0: remember when Archie Goodwin had that like huge game on the last game of the year against Sacramento yeah. and everyone was like yes here it is and yeah he's gone
1: yeah now he's on the Naz Suns <laughs> maybe,
0: maybe he's still still one of the players of the future for this team god I hope not because then we'll really be in deep deep trouble no offense, no offense, Archie Goodwin. No offense, sort sort of, it's a little little bit of offense. All right. On that note, then, since we've covered all the nonsensical bullshit we wanted to cover in this particular episode, as always, you can catch me on Twitter at So Says Jay and Paul,
1: at Dervish of Whirl,
0: and the podcast is at Fan the Flames NBA and uh last thoughts no you're good i can see from your look on your face you're good yeah that's the bed. look right there you <laughs> want to go to bed all right so uh, as always thank you very much for listening until next time depending on on when you're listening have a good morning a good afternoon or good evening
1: i can't feel my legs i have no legs